You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, welcome. You are listening to My Dog Digs Dirt. I'm your host, Lauren Collier. On today's show, a real treat. I'm going to introduce you to a woman who has been in the dog world for almost 50 years. Not only has she captured top honors in obedience, best in show, and raised several dozen champions, she's also recognized as having had a huge influence on the incredible, gorgeous Samoyed breed. She's also founded an incredibly successful knitting company called Canine Knits. And if that's not enough, she has written a children's book and an award-winning suspense novel for dog lovers. She is now working on her follow-up book. Stay tuned. You will adore her as much as I do. Peggy Gaffney is up next. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. So happy to have you back. I'm Lauren Collier, your host, and this is My Dog Digs Dirt. And I am thrilled to introduce to you the one and only my guest, Peggy Gaffney, who has had and continues to have an incredibly successful and diversified career in the dog world. Welcome, Peggy. Thank you, Lauren. I'm so happy to have you. I should tell viewers that you were a frequent guest on my Pet Talk show. We absolutely adored you and your dogs. And I remember one of my favorite episodes was when you came with your dance club who danced with their dogs. you remember that one? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we did a lot of we're dancing with dogs back yeah, then. <laughs> I know. Talk about a diversified career. And you're such a good sport as well. Okay, let's talk a bit about how you got started. Now, I always, I think I always say it wrong. I said Samoyed breed, but I think you always corrected me on that one. But you are really in the forefront of that breed and really had some great successful champions. Let's talk about you as a breeder first. Well, I got started in Samoyeds in Samoyeds, 1968. Okay. When yes, you were I call it Samoyeds. You were just and a baby. <laughs> I was just, yes, I was yes. just a baby then. <laughs> and I was in California at the time, and I made some friends with people who had Samoyeds. And growing up in Connecticut, I'd never seen one. And the first time I saw this dog, I ah. fell in love. Ah. And so when they were starting to show their dog, I didn't know anything about the world of show dogs. Nothing. Complete oh, wow. novice. Right. And so I went with them to the shows and fell in love with the whole sport. I thought this was just the most wonderful thing in the world. Got to meet all of the great 
people who were behind starting the breed in the United States. And then when they were getting ready to finish their dog's championship, I wrote a letter to the owner of the father of that dog and said, I want a puppy just like Zeke. Ah. And they showed up at the show where he finished, which was the Los Angeles specialty, with a six-week-old male puppy. And that puppy became my first Samoyed, and he is or was American Mexican international wow. champion El Ronzar of Rivendell and he got his C D. Wow. He won best in show at the international show in Mexico City. Uh, he was the first Sammy to go best in show in Mexico. Wow. And he won the national specialty, which means he beat all the Samoyeds in the US Amazing. in nineteen seventy one. So from then until now it's always been Samoyeds. Ah. And so I have just bred generation after generation. And then mm-hmm. two years ago, my line petered out. In mm-hmm. other words, I didn't have any bitches I could breed anymore. And so I looked around for dogs that had Sammies that had my dogs behind them, right. but had, you know, the look and the temperament and everything about them that went back to what first made me fall in love with the breed. Ah, And I found what I was looking for in Texas. So I flew out to Denver, met up with a couple of judge friends of mine. We drove from Denver down to (gasps) Lubbock, Texas, Ah. (laughs) only 10 hours. (laughs) And then I got my puppy and came back. And Dylan has been absolutely wonderful. But I named him Dylan because all of my dogs from the first one, who was named Elrond, obviously oh. Lord of the Rings, I love all it. of my dogs, yeah, have had names from literature. Ah. And so I had just finished writing my first mystery suspense novel, and in it, of course, was the Samoyed. Of course. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, yes. And the Samoyed was named Dylan. So the puppy, ah. of course, had to be named Dylan. That's great. <laughs> I love that. And for those that don't know, talk a little bit about the breed in general, because I know when they used to come to the studio, we just loved, I mean, they are just beautiful down to the white eyelashes and they seem like they make good pets. Would you say they make so? wonderful pets, okay, right. unless you don't like hair. Ah, um, yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> Actually, the Samoyed is the oldest of all the breeds. A few years ago, scientists dug up a skeleton in an area above the Arctic Circle over between Norway and Russia. And they did the DNA studies and all of the studies that went on, and it was a Samoyed. Oh. They dated it 30,000 years. That's amazing. Which it was amazing. But these, and the thing is that these dogs haven't changed. Mm. They were essentially your three dog night. They lived, they were originally reindeer herders. They lived in the tents with the people, mm-hmm. traveling from place to place. They're wonderful with children, absolutely fabulous with children. And they would be used together because they didn't fight with one another. They have wonderful temperaments. So when the first explorers came looking for dogs to use to pull their sleds to find the North Pole and the South Pole, they found Samoyeds. Wow. And both of those poles 
were discovered by people who dealt with Samoyeds. In fact, the first non-wild animal across the South Pole was a Samoyed, the lead dog on the sled team that first crossed that. So they have a long and very distinguished history. But, you know, and they make wonderful pets. You just have to love hair because, of course, they shed 365 days a year. (laughs) But you can take that hair, and as you well know, because I've told you before, you can spin it into yarn. Which is amazing. And it makes very, very warm yarn. And it is so soft. It's softer than cashmere. Ah, they're just beautiful, beautiful, which will bring us into your second career, maybe, should we call it your second (laughs) career that's ongoing? I want to talk about your knitting books and your patterns, which are amazing. I should say you knit me a beautiful Bouvier sweater with the the pattern of the Bouvier. I get compliments everywhere I go. Talk about how you started (laughs) Canine Knits, Peggy. It it seems like a natural progression, but you've made over 100 patterns. It's amazing. Yes. Well, what happened is I've always knit. I, you know, my mother had was a, my father died when I was 10. So there mm-hmm. she was, a widow with four little children. How to keep them out of her, her hair <laughs> while she was teaching and getting her degrees and all this sort of stuff. So we learned to do all the crafts. And knitting, of course, was the easiest for us. So by the time I was 10, 11 years old, I was knitting up a storm. And then, of course, you get bored with doing other people's patterns, so you do your own. And I started designing. But I didn't think of this as a career right? until I started making dog sweaters to wear oh. the show. And what I would do, these are picture knit sweaters. In other words, you knit, it's called in, the technical name is intarsia but you knit a single layer of yarn going across and you just change colors with different bobbins. And the picture knits create an absolute duplicate of whatever Uh, design you've drawn. mm. And what I I did was I started... Amazing, really. (laughs) I've started to, at that time, I was wearing them to the shows because I was, of course, running around the ring with Uh my dogs, doing my share of winning. And... People said, oh, could you knit one for me? Yeah. And I thought, hmm, you want Uh me to knit you a sweater? I can do that. Because, of course, at the time, I was a single parent. My husband and I had divorced, and I was raising a small child and teaching school. And much as I adored teaching and being a school librarian as well, you don't get rich. (laughs) So I always needed a second job or a third job just to make it so that I could save up and put my son through college. And so I was knitting sweaters, and the demand kept going, okay, you're knitting these Samoyed sweaters. Then I'd have friends who had new Funlins or who had, you know, corgis or this, and I started knitting all these different sweaters for different people with their breed on them. And then I started going to places like Westminster and the AKC Yukonuba shows and getting commissions to do portrait sweaters for the top people showing dogs in the country. It just grew and grew until I knit over 800 sweaters. And wow. I was really, oh oh you know, you goodness. get to the point where you say, oh, I can't face this anymore. <laughs> and people were 
uh, knitters were coming to me and saying, could you sell us the pattern? Oh, wow. And I was saying, no, no, this is how I make my living. And then I thought, oh, stupid. Here you're getting tired of knitting. You could sell the patterns. And by then I'd created over 100. So I went online and I taught myself online marketing and I created the patterns and I started to sell them online. And you have to figure this was back in, oh, between... 2000 and 2005. So we're talking baby internet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This was back when you had to write code if you wanted a web page. Yeah. (laughs) I was dedicated, I'll tell you. But I started getting a following around the world. And people said, oh, I've knit my, you know, X sweater. And can you come up with some other designs? Wow. In my breed. And so that's how the books were born. And, and, and we, so, you should tell people that yeah, it's not just yeah. dogs because you've expanded. Oh yeah, yeah. But you it know, all began with the dogs. With the dogs, right? Yeah, and so I had this series of different dog breed knitting books. So you know, I started with the Sam the Crafty Samoyed, and then the Crafty Lab, and then the Crafty Golden, and so on and so forth. Well, I'm at a knitting conference up in Hartford. And I'm talking about my dog books and autographing them and whatnot. And a woman comes up to me and she said, you know, we want equal time. And I said, excuse me. (laughs) She says, we're cat breeders. How funny. And I said to her, well, in my dog knitting books, it's all the different things that the dogs do. You know, be it agility or obedience or herding or whatever. And I said, I've had cats all my life. Cats don't do anything (laughs) except drive you nuts and be funny. And so she said, well, maybe you could do different cats because a lot of cat breeders have different, you know, they'll have Siamese and Persian and, you know, a variety of cats. So that's what I did. And I picked out a dozen breeds of cat and I did the crafty cat knits. Well, along come the llama and alpaca people. That's so funny. (laughs) And they said, we want a book too. And Ah. what's more, we have yarn. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And so that's when that came along. And I thought I was done with the books because I was beginning to say, okay, you know, enough is enough. Because you, of course, have to knit all these things in order to put them in the book. You make sure everything works and (laughs) and it's all all math, folks. Everything is math. And so I would create the designs and I had an agent come to me. Um, For many years, I ran a writer's conference up in Hartford. And one of the agents that was speaking there and, you know, looking at different authors' books came up and said, you know, these books are great. I could sell them to a mainstream publisher for you. And I had been publishing my own and selling them online all wow. over the world. Okay. So, yeah, I taught myself how to be a publisher, too. That's amazing, I, you know. yeah. Well, if you have the internet, you can teach yourself. Yeah. And the patience, right, exactly. Yes, you have to have the patience, too, and a good computer. Yeah. (laughs) But it was a matter of, she said, you know, write a proposal and don't make it for a single dog. Make it for a whole bunch of dogs. And I explained to her, I sat at the table and I said, wait a second, no, dog people like their own breed. Cat people like a variety of breeds, but dog people, if your own lab's, 
Right. You only like lab stuff, and you like you have your Bouvier, right. and I have right. my Sammy's. But she said, oh, no, 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 no. We want it with a lot of different dogs in it and maybe some cats, too. So I thought about it, and then I thought, you know, what I really need to do is a grandmother book. Oh, and okay. I call it a grandmother book because I wanted to do all sorts of children's patterns and have them so that a grandmother could pick up this book and knit, you know, a little skirt or a little vest oh. or whatnot and put a, either a kitten or a puppy on it. And so I did a whole bunch of designs, mostly puppies, but some kittens too. And I did, <laughs> it's been a while since I wrote that book, but about 20 different patterns. And... Of course, I had to knit everything, yeah. <laughs> which got me back to sore muscles, couldn't move the arms, say. couldn't move the, you know, this sort of thing, and sent that off, and she kept taking it around, and every editor loved it. Oh, yeah. None of them could figure out how to market it. Oh. Because, I'll tell you, the book industry is having serious problems mm-hmm. in that the mainstream houses, the big six, except it's now the big five, is still operating as though it were 1935. Oh boy. In other words, they print lots and lots of books and send them out, right. figuring that people are going to go to their local bookstores and buy a physical book. Yeah, yeah. They have not moved with the world of the internet, the world of the Kindle, et cetera, et cetera. And they still right. haven't gotten there. They're inching. With baby steps, <laughs> reluctantly. Well, luckily, you still but, got your book out, so. Well, the thing is that none of them bought it. And right. so I turned to my agent and I said to her, well, I'm just going to publish it myself. So I did. Yeah. I can publish a book. It went out. It was popular. And she came to me about three months later saying, I've got a publisher for you. And uh, I said, too late. <laughs> why do you need it for? Right. And that one is called Knit yeah. Kitten, right? Pearl a Puppy. And you know, we're going to take a That's, short break mm-hmm. now. But My Dog Digs Dirt will be right back with author, designer, breeder, owner, Peggy Gaffney. Stay tuned. They called it elephant skin. It was rough, wrinkly, like a Brillo pad. His hair was falling out in clumps. Petey stopped eating and all his hair fell out. Our golden retriever, Sundance, he scratched incessantly. There was hair all over. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. Within two weeks, the shedding slowed down to almost none. The scratching went away after a few days and Sundance's coat was starting to get shiny and glossy. It's a 180 turnaround. His skin has cleared up. He is not in pain. If your dog has shedding, dry skin, excessive scratching due to Dynavite. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Are you having trouble getting the word out about your new pet product or invention? Let Whitegate PR open the gate to your marketing and public relations efforts. We've been specializing in public relations in the pet industry for over a decade. From press releases to media relations and publicity to pet trade shows and launch events to social media, the pet-friendly team at Whitegate PR has you covered. If you listen to the wise words of Bill Gates, he says, If I had $1 left, I'd spend it on PR. Learn more at whitegatepr.com.
Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> My Dog Digs Dirt is back. We're talking to the lovely Peggy Gaffney, who is doing so many things in the dog world. Uh, Welcome back, everyone. Peggy, we just talked about some of your wonderful knitting books. Let's tell folks, where can they find them? Because I'm sure they'll be interested. Certainly, you sell them all around the world. I do. I do. They can either go to the website, which is knitscom canine spelled with a K, or they can go on Amazon, or they can go, you know, they can find them everywhere. And on Facebook, too, yeah, because I and know. And on Facebook, too. But the thing about my knitting books is you can always just put in Peggy Gaffney, and up will pop. Great. <laughs> Links. Google so, loves me. <laughs> any knitter will be thrilled when they see these, because I have seen the finished products, and they are really amazing, Peggy. I mean, as I said, the sweater that you made me, I always get compliments. I just really love it. So from there, uh, here you go. You reinvent yourself again, and you are now <laughs> writing novels. Let's talk about that. Yes. And of course, uh, your yes. baby is on the cover of one of them, Dylan, right? <laughs> well... The thing is that, actually, that's not Dylan on the cover, oh, but that's sorry. just between you and me and the general public. All right. Um, that's because okay. the book came out first, remember, and then I got the puppy. I Because re- I remember when so, you were on the show, you told me, you said, you yes. know, you're writing books. And I'm like, books? You're going, mm-hmm. you're, now you're going to be like yeah. a novelist? And then there they are. And the first yep. one, Fashion Goes <laughs> to the Dogs, right? Fashion Goes to the Dogs. And of course... By the way, the dog on the cover is one that I bred, and his okay. name was Aragorn, of course, oh. Lord of the Rings. Here we are back to that. Oh, but love. the thing is that after I did the Knitiket and Pearl of Puppy, I was really sore, <laughs> shall yeah, we say, from too much knitting. <laughs> but I could still type. And I took a little bit of thinking, what do I want as my next step forward? And I thought my next step forward should really be a step back because when I was at Southern Connecticut as a student, my concentration was English and it was creative writing. And you were a teacher and I, too. Yes, of course. Yes, right. Well, you got your teaching credential. It didn't matter what your major was. You right. got your teaching credential then. And so I was lucky because I had a brilliant advisor, teacher, and whatnot, and he taught us how to, you know, just put the seat of your pants in the chair and get busy and write. Mm. And so we had to produce four stories a week Wow! for four (laughs) years. You learned to write. It was not a matter of, you know, you're not in the mood, you can't think, you just wrote. And that sort of discipline was what I picked up now when I said, you know, my favorite books to read are suspense novels. Not terror, but suspense, you know, where you don't know what's going to happen Uh, next. Uh And you're just sort of hanging on by your fingernails. That's the best, yeah. And what I decided to do was to take what I knew knitting dogs, put them together, because it hadn't been done that way, into a suspense novel. Mm. And so I created Kate Colloy, and Kate Colloy is a knitting designer who has grown up breeding Samoyeds. And Kate 
gets an opportunity to have her first fashion show at what is Westminster, only we changed the name in the book to, of course. you know, <laughs> say legal factors. And in the hotel across the way, which would I never name, but of course would be the Hotel Pen, right. where for many years I sold my sweater design, ah. so I know that place very well. And so I have it take place at the Westminster Week, because really Westminster is an entire week. It starts like Wednesday and Thursday the week before, and it has events that run all the way through. And they have a fashion show that has the dogs dress up and different mm-hmm. designers make clothes. Well, I, I've always thought, I have Samoyeds. You don't put clothes on uh-huh, They don't need them, right? <laughs> so, so I turned it into a fashion show where the owners, of the dogs would have their fashions, but they would, you know, strut the runway with their champion dogs. And I built this whole thing and I put a crime in there and I had car chases and everything going on. And the, you know, the dogs were worked throughout the story. And so, you know, you have, she meets her she didn't have her one problem is she's not let's say she's not skilled in the social life of uh-huh. men and women because uh-huh. <laughs> she's grown up showing dogs oh how funny that's great every weekend of that's her life great. she has shown dogs well, it's been and dis- so she doesn't you know she didn't go yeah. to school dances she didn't date she didn't do any of that stuff I so here it. she is 24 years old and a novice with men and she finds herself being chased and somebody's trying to kill her and she doesn't know why and she is saved by this geeky guy who was a math nerd for the f left the fbi and now he has his own company and so he agrees to keep her safe uh, while they try to find out who's trying to kill her. Right, Peggy. It's, it, yeah. I know it's been described so, as Die Hard meets Best in Show. Uh, and and, it, and you earned a five-star uh, book on Amazon, which is terrific. Uh, the name we want to tell people, Fashion Goes to the Dogs. And uh, Second Mystery is coming out. When will it be out? This is a follow-up. It should be out by the end of summer. Do you have a and, name follow-up? Well, the working title is Puppy Pursuit. And, of course, I have taken my... This will follow Kate, who we meet in the first book. Right. And it picks up when Kate goes to get her stud price puppy. Ah, see, I love it. It's a Dylan son. (laughs) That's great. You've sort of combined everything, Peggy. It's it's really terrific. I I mean, I have... My life is fodder for my book. (laughs) Well, I want to encourage our listeners to get to know you. Uh, you are not only incredibly talented, but you're a, a lovely woman and very uh, generous and giving as well. So people can contact you. Give us a couple of the uh, websites. I know they can find you on Facebook and Twitter, on Amazon, your PeggyGaffney.com, which is my website for my fiction. Fantastic. And then Canine Knits, and I'm on Pinterest and LinkedIn, and you name it. I'm all over the place. Oh, terrific. I wish you continued success, Peggy. I really well, do. thank you, Lauren. I love, love what you do. So I thank you so much for being here. Once again, Peggy Gaffney. Contact her at www.peggygaffney.com or find her knits at knitscom or find her on Facebook, please. Uh, you want to see everything wonderful that she's doing. Uh, thank you, everyone out there, for joining us. This has been My Dog Digster. Dirt.
Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.